Hi, it's Shana here. Before this episode starts, I'm popping in with a quick reminder about our upcoming CEU on Thursday, May 16th on a person-centered approach to behavior management. School taught us a lot about ABA. However, the thing with ABA is that it's a science and it's constantly evolving. So a lot of what we learned back then doesn't always apply now. Today, we want to use a person-centered approach to behavior management, um, but what does that look like and how can our learners still make progress in this kind of approach? So join us live on Thursday, May 16th at 12 p.m. Eastern Time as Shira discusses how to use a person-centered approach to behavior management with your learners. This CEU is presented by our very own Shira Karpel. You can earn one learning CEU for ACE, QABA, or IBAO. Join us live at this event or to watch the recording asynchronously, go to howtoaba.com forward slash CEU. See you then. Hi, I'm Shira Karpow. And I'm Shana Gaunt, and we're board certified behavior analysts. At How To ABA, we provide practical resources, community, and support to ABA professionals. In each episode of our podcast, we will be having real conversations with real people sharing real stories about ABA. We'll share relevant strategies and actionable tips that will make us all better ABA practitioners. It's the ABA content you need that you're not going to learn in a textbook. Hi, everyone. Um, we are very excited for today's guests. We are talking with Ling and Jane, um, who are the team from Lingo. Um, if any of you haven't heard of Lingo, we're going to tell you more about it. But first, we wanted to welcome you guys. Hi, Ling and Jane. Hi. It's great to be Hi. here. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. If you can start by telling us a little bit about um, you know, how you got into the field and specifically about how you got into what you're doing now. Um, sure, uh, I'll start. My name is Langley Tan. I'm a board certified behavior analyst. I've been working in this field for almost two decades, maybe like 18, 19 years, um, starting off as an instructor therapist uh, for a young boy with autism. And I was trained by a board certified behavior analyst who shaped my career. And, and this is, um, you know, getting to where I am right now. Um, yeah, so that's uh, uh, that's uh, that was my he was my inspiration, and um, I he had made so much progress when uh, we had even within three months of working with him, he went from being minimally verbal to fully verbal, and uh, that's when I decided that that's where I want to become a board a BCBA. That's my career. That's my calling, um, and that's that's how I got started, and then became. Uh, did many years frontline, became a senior therapist, a clinical supervisor, and now I'm, I'm an Ontario Autism Program clinical supervisor. And I created Lingo uh, uh, based on, you know, a lot of my experiences working with the, this population. So you fell right in. It was love at first sight with the field. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, even before ABA was, uh, you know, was a curriculum in uh, college, you know, that's ABA was not very well known at that time. And I just uh, just stepped into it because my first job was actually providing respite for a little boy with autism. And then they asked me, would you like to be trained by ABCBA? And my, I was studying psychology at the time. I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, and um, I just fell perfectly with the right supervisor, the right uh, training conditions. And, and I just knew. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, Jane, welcome. What about your journey? Hi, so nice to be here today. And I have a very similar journey to Ling in that I fell into it um, by working frontline with children with autism 
And I was absolutely captivated by the field. Um, and really my driving force behind it was the, the progress of the kids, but also the passion of the parents and the families um, who, uh, who I worked with over the years. Um, so I, yes, I worked uh, frontline with children um, in my community um, and in their homes and then moved on to more of a clinical setting where I got my formal training and then uh, moved into the consultant role where again, I, I fell in love with working with parents and working with teams um, to really give children um, and and individuals um, the the tr the high quality treatment that they deserved, um, and I've been uh, particularly interested lately in the analysis of verbal behavior. And um, I've had a number of really incredible mentors who have shaped my professional journey. And um, it was actually here where um, I where I met Ling. I was looking more into the research behind. AAC and how I could better serve the children that I was working with and the families that I was working with who were investing so much time and so many resources into treatment for their children. And often we know um, th those resources are limited. So every moment that we have uh, with these children, with these families are our precious time and it's um, a race against the clock sometimes. So exactly. um, that's how I uh, met Ling and uh, became involved with Lingo was um, you know, her story and uh, finding solutions for families who really deserve um, the best possible treatment out there. So tell us about Lingo. Well, uh, Lingo is uh, an AAC, a picture-based speech generating device, AAC system. And uh, it, I, it was built um, out of my frustration in um, using a variety of AACs that were really difficult to use for the knowledge of the parents, but for the children. And um, as soon as uh, you mentioned that link, sorry to cut you off, but as soon as you mentioned that I had just this vision of a whole bunch of pecs going through my head with the Velcro and then going, Oh, it's the wrong Velcro piece on the back. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> and you're like, Oh, you know, the preferred item is missing. Oh shoot. That fell off in the car. I think it's underneath the seat. And you're like, <gasps> you know, and all of a sudden this, like, you know, the AAC world, you're like, Oh wow. There's, there's things called a Dynavox and there's these amazing things. Great. You know? And then, I mean, I worked way back in the time when there was something called a Dynavox and I know it still exists, but in its previous format, it was like really thick and it was really clunky. And uh, I remember having to send it back for repairs all the time. So all of a sudden you teach this child to have a marvelous voice and the student is working with it and doing very well. And then all of a sudden it breaks and then they're, you know, they're not without it for a day. They're without it for like three weeks to three months. And you're like, oh, yeah. you know what? So, mm -hmm. anyway, so what you guys are doing is phenomenal and I cut okay. you off. So continue. please. <laughs> no. And that, that you're, you're, what you express is, is, is like something that I experienced by so many people. Like there's a statistic nearly 60% or probably more abandoned their AEC within the first year. And I'm so unfortunate because like, you know, as professionals, we're all doing our best to support the children that we work with and building of their voice or communication system. Cause that's essentially what is catalyst to learning and language. And, um, you know, that's, that's, it's just really unfortunate that, you know, when you work so hard with a child and their AAC is not being used by parents or teachers or not even, there's not that they don't want to, it's just very, it can be difficult or, you know, there's technical problems or the teaching is not, the teaching procedures are not in place. That's, that's where there's a, there's a, a missing gap in the way AAC interventions are, are delivered and is that we need to provide a lot more training. So AAC is, Alingo is just not an AAC system. We also provide 
the parent training for clinicians and parents as well, so that they're unified in their approach to teaching um, and uh, generalizing communication. So we we are an ACE provider, so we provide the CU credits to BCBAs, and we have parent training courses that are about like six hours in length. And uh, also for adults with aphasia, we have uh, an aphasia adapted training course as well. So we, we're not just an AAC system, we are an education training provider as well. So because that is uh, what is needed um, at the very bare minimum for AAC success, or what I would say uh, AAC success in, the, in, the, in terms of uh, high tech speech learning devices. Yeah. So. The training is such a huge piece. I totally agree with you. And I see so much of that fallout of that where it's not successful has been in that support piece and they're not getting the training and the support. But um, I'm curious, you mentioned, you know, verbal behavior. And as BCBAs, we kind of take ownership of this verbal behavior piece. And, you know, we, we teach PACs and we teach AAC and we teach language. Um, but, you know, there is a whole speech and language department. Um, and so what do you recommend in terms of including an SLP or recommending or referring out or collaborating? You know, how does that work with a child who's starting on an AAC? Yes. Um, well, I don't know, BJ, if you feel free to interject. I feel like I'm, I'm doing all the talking here, uh, but it's absolutely important. Like the essence of lingo is really interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary collaboration with speech language pathologists and occupational therapists. Our advisors are speech language pathologists and have um, provided their consultation in the development. And there are certain features that we omitted uh, because it was based on the research, not just from like from from speech language, like SLP literature. Um, so that it's so important to not to work with SLPs, number one, on the assessment, because, you know, BCBAs cannot provide AAC assessments. However, um, there are some BCBAs who are competent in the delivery and teaching of AAC, but they need that training. Um, same similar with us. Not all SLPs are necessarily competent or can deliver AAC assessments. So this is where, like, it's important for to put all of our hats on and understand where our skills and strengths are and really collaborate for the best interest of the child or the client. And I think that's an important point that you made that, you know, not all, not all SLPs are trained in AAC. How many acronyms can we throw into a sentence here, right? Um, <laughs> but not, it's true, you know, like, you know, parents will call up, like, you know, my kid's not talking, I need a speech and language pathologist. And a speech and language pathologist is trained in one particular area, very mm -hmm. similar to a BCBA, we're not all experts on everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, an SLP may come in, and you know, we may be at the point where, you know, we need an AAC device. And and sometimes speech and language pathologist isn't able to offer the advice that parents are hoping for, or vice versa. You get a speech and language pathologist who's very versed in AAC, yet this person is very verbal and doesn't need that. And it's not a good match either. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, I've met a number of SLPs who have not been trained in PECs, um, you know, and, 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 and their, their job is to prescribe AAC, but the, the, the certification and the implementation is not there. And, and so this is where it's important to really recognize like when maybe, you know, when an SLP or a BCBA may be trained in, you know, in, in certified in PECs, um, and that's where you work together. And I have worked with SLPs, you know, like working collaboratively in the session to build up the communication and, uh, um, really just kind of putting down like my stay in your lane type of mentality and just really think about what do we want to achieve for the child and use the knowledge and skills that we have from both our, our own professions to, to really drive like a, a unicorn, so mm -hmm. to speak, <laughs> a model. Yeah. There are, there are a bunch of, you know, AC programs that are speech generating devices. How is Lingo different 
Well, my standout feature for what made Lingo different was that it was um, created by behavior analysts and speech language pathologists collaboratively. And just to draw it back to the previous conversation about um, you know, collaborating, when you're looking at the, the children um, that we're working with, so if you're looking at an autistic population, these are um, complex cases that we're working with. And communication um, is so complex that we do require that collaboration um, because there's no one professional that knows it all. Um, so, I, I mean, I would always recommend Dr. Uh, Lena Slim's work around this and anyone uh, who's listening from Ontario who attended, who attended ONTABA this year, saw her phenomenal presentation on how we need to collaborate in order to address all of these different domains of complexity. Um, and the focus really should be, you know, what is best for that child? That's what our all of our focus um, should be brought back to. Um, so for me, what, what really drew me to Lingo initially and what made it different um, was that it had that approach where... Um, you are looking at the function of language and the child, uh, the child's communication skills are developed by the function. So um, Lingo, what, what sets it uh, apart from most traditional designs are that those traditional systems of high-tech speech generating devices are um, created uh, through a system design that's called a taxonomic grid. So pictures are displayed in grid format and it's a simple selection of these images that activates the vocal output. But Lingo has been designed um, using a number of different system designs. But um, the standout one, the first one that I was introduced to, the language and the vocabulary that's presented to the user is on a design uh, called a schematic grid. So it's a schematic-based system where the, the language and the vocabulary becomes available to the user depending on the function of, of that language. Um, so we'll definitely um, include some images uh, because it is easier to understand once you can see it. Um, but for me, it, it became much easier for uh, clients and learners to pick up when language is organized, really individualized them and based on what the function of their communication is. Um, and, you know, on a taxonomic grid, you, you don't get that. It's, it's more of a based on memorization or based on uh, where your folder is. And I think back um, to sessions where I would be trying to model, trying to teach a client and I myself would get confused. Um, and I thought, you know, if this is difficult for me to navigate, how is this poor client expected to do so? Um, so that's what really set Lingo apart for me initially was um, seeing that this different system design can be completely customized and the availability of the vocabulary is, again, based on the communicative function. Um, so I would say that's the number one um, standout was the system design and the creation behind it um, and it being very behavior analytic um, in nature. Um, I would say that there are also two features of Lingo that make it stand out um, and, and make it different from others. The first one is uh, their transition to text feature, um, which is a fading procedure that can be added in for your client mm -hmm. where you're transitioning from picture-based communication to text-based communication. So uh, you can program in, um, against all individualized, you can program in for your clients to uh, fade the, the image by the transparency or by the size until they're just getting to the text. And, you know, if, if you can communicate with it, that modality of textual communication, then you've opened so many doors for that, um, for that person. So the, the transition to speak is a big one and, uh, or the transition to text, sorry, I've, I've given away the second feature uh, <laughs> that stands out, which is that transition to speak. Um, so the transition to speak feature allows for an audio time delay to be programmed into the sentence mm -hmm. or the word that the individual is speaking so that when they select their their tile or their picture, their symbol, you add that audio time delay and they're given the opportunity 
to uh, to speak. And, um, you know, it, it's it's very interesting to see in your programming because Lingo takes the data on it. If something like an audio time delay is effective in evoking that uh, that type of vocal response. Um, so, you know, it's um, th those two features make it really stand out. And um, as a clinician, I've I've um, I've really enjoyed using it. Mm -hmm. And there's research to support schematic uh, design. So, oh, so schematic, you know, we're going to try to explain to the crowd, like schematics more like topic and theme based. Uh, so if you have like tile that just opens up, like, you know, for example, food, you know, you would have your words under that topic or school, for example, you would have different topics related to that school. And so it's not organized where taxonomy is a traditional uh, grid display um, that is uh, different from a schematic and the research by Cindy Carter shows that children with autism typically can uh, well in, in her study that children with autism uh, mastered um, more uh, quickly on a schematic version than a taxonomic design um, and this is typically seen in uh, in typically developing children as well. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Uh, are there any prerequisites for a child starting out with your device like would you recommend that they do PECs and then start on on this or have you worked with kids who are just starting out on AAC with your device? Yeah, generally for all speech generating devices, um, there are some foundational skills that can make it very helpful in uh, picking up the device a lot quicker. Um, number one, obviously having access, um, the motor skills to access a device and being able to navigate and touch a tablet is very helpful. Visual discrimination skills, you know, being able to discriminate those pictures as well. Um, and uh, sometimes imitation and joint attention can be really helpful when you're using a teaching approach like aided modeling. Um, sometimes other teaching approaches may be necessary to support that. Um, those are just a few skills that we uh, we would recommend. And obviously the foundation of, you know, PECs, you know, uh, someone who has mastered phase three, you know, going on to phase four, uh, it was would be a candidate for a speech generating device. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And I know that, you know, I work with a lot of you know, newly diagnosed kids who are maybe 18 months, three years old, parents are still working on accepting that diagnosis and, you know, the yeah. hope that their child will talk or, you know, will be able to do all the things that they're not able to do when they're two. And sometimes presenting them with any kind of AAC, whether it's pictures or device or something, mm -hmm. it's very difficult for them. Um, and, you know, they, they, we know that the research supports that it doesn't stunt language and it only enhances their ability to talk, but sometimes parents are coming from an emotional place. What can we say to them to encourage the use of something like this? It's important for your child to communicate. This is how learning and language and learning is going to happen. And, you know, it's really hard, you know, accepting a diagnosis is really hard. And we know that uh, communication and language is impacted with that. But right now we got to, you know, put all of our, you know, hunker down and really focus on and getting the child to communicate as, as soon as possible so that they have more opportunities to learn and be able to manage their environment and be able to interact with you. So having a starting point, whether it be unaided AAC, like pointing, gesturing, um, using PECs, and then and then seeing where we can work with a speech language pathologist to promote some of that speech to get it going. So really doing uh, what the research shows, uh, you know, having nothing, uh, waiting and seeing is not really a, a great option. Um, I think it's important to really intervene as, as soon as possible.
And to add to, to, to give them the message that teaching communication skills really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So what are we going to do today to help your child's communication? And this is something that we're going to be looking at um, ongoing throughout your journey. And um, this is our recommendation today. And we can see through, you know, we'll take very careful data on it and we'll have really open and honest conversations with each other about how you feel your child is progressing. Um, but what are we going to do today and how can we continue to, to talk about it and uh, see how your child is progressing to make sure that we made the right decision, we continue to make the right decisions. I really like that. Teaching communication skills is a marathon and not a sprint. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think as BCBAs, we're not trained enough. I mean, a lot of areas, we can't be experts in everything. And so many kids that come to us need this AAC or need some sort of communication. And a lot of people feel unequipped to, especially when it comes to something high tech and it's intimidating and they may not know how to navigate it. So what can professionals do to be better prepared or to do better for our clients and not, you know, not just be guessing? Well, it's important that they seek the training uh, to go, you know, and learn these skills on what it takes to, you know, navigate the device. Number one, be able to select the appropriate vocabulary and learn to collaborate with the other professionals so that everyone is on the same page. Um, it goes beyond just knowing how to navigate the device because there's a lot of skills that come along with AAC intervention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah training, it sounds like it's, I mean, it's super important. And I think seeking out the training both from the field of ABA and from speech. And you mentioned you work with OTs as well. Like it really is a whole team approach to be able to work on communication because it's not just, you know, one, one way. Um, Can you tell us like, you know, technically, like, is this available? Is it an iPad app? How much is it like, how, how would people access it? Uh, we have the app on, it's on the app store. Uh, so there's two apps. There's Lingo Learner for the user. So that would be uh, a person who has uh, difficulty communicating. And then there's the Lingo Coach app, which is the data collection. So once you're activated in a session and if you want to take, if where you want to take data, um, you speak on Lingo Learner, it gets sent to Lingo Coach, and then you take data and analyze like speech intelligibility, contextual, you mark all the data, it gets graphed. You can look at, you could do a, analysis of the different prompts and comparison independence, independence over time, acquisition of sight words. Um, There's a lot of rich data that can be collected across the team, which is meant to, you know, our approach is really about collaboration. So if you have that data in front of you and you can see its usage across different people in different environments, you can um, make instant decisions um, around uh, a treatment uh, selection. But anyways, yes, it is is on the App Store. We also have our training courses um, on a a Kajabi platform through our website as well. So, so yeah. How much is the app? Oh, it's uh, 320 Canadian for a buyout version, $10 a month and $100 annually. Oh, so you can get it for $10 a month and kind of try it? Yeah. And see if it works and then, you know, continue to pay for it or something like that? Yes. Yeah, and there's a 10-day free trial as well. So oh, that's great. $10 a month just makes it so accessible for people, which yeah. is incredible. Yes. And uh yeah, so it's 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 quite pretty accessible, you know, and we do recommend taking the training that would accompany it. So that as for any AEC, um, so our training is not focused on lingo. Actually, it's 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 can be a you widely use even for someone using a different device like P2G or or LAMP. Uh, that is that's uh, the trainings uh, available for all types of ages. Like Lingo's just covered a tiny fraction. <laughs> There's a tiny fraction of Lingo in there. Oh yeah. wow, that's awesome! Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, the coach app is free as well. And the purpose of that too is so that, again, making sure that we're being collaborative, that anyone who's working with the child and communicating with the child can create their account, log in. And once you're connected to that learner, you can record your data and access all of that information too. Oh, cool. So you just pay for the learner accounts and then you can link any number of coach apps with it. That's right. Yes. Wow. Wow. Where was this 10 years ago? <laughs> I know. I definitely stumbled my way through many um, iPad apps without really having a good solution. That and realizing, you know, what the data collection system is all about too and saying, okay, well, what do I need to be taking data on? Okay, I think it's manding. No, 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 it's more than manding. What else can I be taking data on? And how do I fade that, you know, I've got the text prompt there, which is awesome, or the picture prompt, but how do I fade out the audio? And I love the fact that yours does it um, built in within the program. Um, And just the, the, the training piece of it is massive because oftentimes, you know, we'll go into teams and we'll say, okay, we're working collaboratively with somebody. This is great. Let's do this. And then it only happens within the ABA program and nowhere else, or parents become overwhelmed. And like you said, did you say that statistic was 60% of users within the first year drop AAC? Mm -hmm. Right. So this training piece will help with that. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like pretty user-friendly. And I think that like, like you said, the data behind it, I think is, is a game changer because that can really guide our decisions and it makes us feel more comfortable. And we know that it's not random. Like we can always look and check, how are they doing and what are our goals? Um, How do we monitor that? So I think that that's, it's, it's really great to have people who are collaborating with other disciplines. We need to do more of that in our fields. And, um, you know, really help our kids and communication is always one of the, it's always one of the first things I look at. It's always one of the first targets that we have um, in whatever form. I think communication is huge and it's going to really change lives. So thank you guys for creating something. (laughs) Go check out Lingo. Their website is lingo.com with two G's. And I think Lingo has something to share. Oh, yes. Uh, we also offer a 30% discount for professionals uh, using AC, like Board for Certified Behavior Analyst, uh, SLPs, and Occupational Therapist. And our, we also offer that 30% discount for the uh, training as well. Uh, clinicians can get the four CEUs for the introduction to AAC for children with autism and six CEUs for aphasia and AAC 101. So that's about there's uh, how to use AAC with adults with aphasia. How do people get that discount link? Uh, you could email us at info@lingo.com. We would send you uni- your unique professional license code and discount code. Great. So all this will be in the show notes as well for anybody who's listening. Thanks so much, you guys. It was really great talking to you. Yes, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining today's conversation. Wherever you get your podcast, please go and subscribe, rate and review so others can find out about us too. For more from How to ABA, including free resources and ABA materials, visit our blog at howtoaba.com and make sure that you're following us on social media for more practical tips and updates.